Welcome to the Fun Now Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Taking a look at the happenings, the way this week has finished out. Of course, we had a lot of things being thrown at the grain complex this week. Finishing out a Friday with some higher numbers in the corn. It was definitely lower on the soybean side. And the wheat somehow did it. They pulled themselves off into a positive wrap-up on the trade action. We're going to kick off what's happening in these markets with Jeff Peterson. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. So I guess first and foremost, how did the corn and soybean numbers look compared to what the market was kind of expecting? Well, it, it was an interesting one, wasn't it, Susan? I mean, we came in at 3.52 billion bushels on the ending stocks. You know, the report last month for March was 1.5 billion. And one of the trade estimates uh, coming off the Dow Jones came in at 1.3 Four six, so we'd have came in slightly higher than that. But the one coming in off of Reuters came in at like 1.392, so we came in lower than that. But overall, the core number was supportive. On the soybean side, they kept that unchanged, which would be one higher than what the average guess was, right at 120 million bushels. And then on the wheat side, 852 million, which actually was just about three million bushels higher than the average guess. And, and some of those changes flowed through down in the world numbers as a result of the lower numbers on the corn side. You know, we ended up coming in lower than the average estimate on the world ending stocks at uh, just shy of 284 million metric tons. Soybeans were a little bit higher, though. They came in at the 86.87 million metric tons compared to the average guess at 83.7, Susan. So you look at all those information, and obviously you're going to have the weekend to help digest it. Do you expect any surprises when the markets re-pick up on uh, Sunday night? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think what we ended up having is everybody was probably a little disappointed that the soybean number didn't see some bigger adjustments, you know, than what we ended up seeing. And and when we couple that with the fact that we ended up seeing, you know, yesterday and the export sales number, we ended up seeing some negative numbers. That kind of put a negative tone on the bean side a little bit. But but let's just kind of dig into the numbers just a little bit deeper in there and a few of the changes that we noticed. Um, on the feed residual side, they, they actually increased on the 2020 crop, the demand 50 million bushels, and, and they brought up the ethanol side, also 25 million bushels. And then we did see an increase on the export. So we weren't sure where we were going to see it or not uh, this month, but they did bring that up 75 million bushels. So altogether, demand went up 150 million, and, and that's actually what went ahead and, and had that amount of reduction bringing us from the 1.502 on the March report all the way down to the 1.352 on the corn side, Susan. What about for soybeans? How did the supply and demand numbers change there? You know, it's really interesting. Um, I, I did think they had room to bring the ending stock number down a little bit more yet, uh, but they kept it right at the 120. And, and what this reminds me, I was thinking back in the past, it's almost like we reach a number which is kind of pipeline supply, and they really don't want to go any lower than that because here's a few things that kind of stood out to me. On the, on the crush side, they did reduce the crush. They brought that down basically 10 million bushels. And, and as we look at those numbers, I mean, the last time we got a NOPA update, it actually indicated we were ahead of pace. And I, I was sitting there looking at that going, how are we down 10 million you know, bushels on the crush side? But what it, as I dig deeper in the report, what it sounds like is that uh, they're looking at the, the pork numbers being off. They were looking at the, the farrowings as we look forward. Uh, you know, they're being told that they're going to be off about 3%. And then they're also looking at the turkey production being lower. So they're looking at the domestic usage on the meal side and saying, as a result of that, they don't think we're going to crush as much. That's one I'm not convinced on. They did raise the exports uh, 30 million bushels, which 
everybody because of the fact we've you know we only got about 18 million more bushels to export and that has to go ahead and and that'd be on the sales side you know we're we haven't uh, we've got about 252 million more bushels to to actually ship out but about 18 million more bushels to sell but that has to last us all the way until we get to the end of august so there probably is more room on the export side unless for some reason we see some problems coming out of you know China on the African swine fever or unless China overbooked uh, with some concerns out of South America. So we'll have to watch on that. Seed was brought down 2 million bushels, just basically looking at the, the planted side. And then they did adjust the residual, about 17 million. And that's always an interesting one on the residual side and and the reason they would have done that is they would have looked at the information coming out of the quarterly stocks report that march 31st report and they said as we look at how much should have disappeared from december to you know march uh, as we looked at the export side how much should have disappeared for crush and they're saying we have a different disappearance than that and therefore they're saying that has to come from the residual side now what could that be could be that the crop was maybe a little bit bigger and that didn't get picked up or it could be that we had some bushels in transit that just weren't properly picked up either but as a result they did reduce that residual so therefore we didn't end up having a change on the total use side and our ending stock stayed right at at uh, 120 million but what gets interesting is we as we crunch the numbers on that stocks to use percentage we take out 120 divided by our total use of 4.575 billion bushels, and we're at a 2.62% stocks to use. Uh, that's the tightest we've had for April ever, and that's also, if we end up at that number, that would be the tightest stocks to use percentage we've ever had on soybeans. So those old crop soybeans are still very, very tight. South America, you talk soybeans, and, and folks are probably very anxious wondering what we're going to see and how we're going to continue to see this crop. Any surprises in production numbers? Yeah, there was a few. You know, as we as we take a look at those numbers and we dig into them, the one that stood out to me right away actually came on, on Brazil, and, and they actually increased uh, that production on Brazil. They brought that up a, a couple million uh, metric tons. They brought that from 134 on up to 136. We didn't see any change on the Brazilian corn. They kept that steady at that 109. And and they did bring down the Argentine corn from the 47.5. They brought that Argentine corn down to 47, Susan. Well, stick around. We're going to talk more about this and the rest of happenings within the grain complex today. As Jeff Peterson is joining us as we wrap up a trade week. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Stick around. More is coming up in part two coming up after this. Again, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. We're continuing the conversation with Jeff Peterson. He partners. So when we left, uh, we were talking about those South American production numbers. Let's continue there. What are some other surprise possibilities did we see in that report? Well, as we dig in, dig into the Argentine bean number, I mean, they kept that uh, unchanged at 47.5 million metric tons. Now, what's interesting, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange um, late uh, yesterday afternoon came out, and they actually did reduce their number. They brought it down from 44 million metric tons down to 43. So there's something that they're seeing that USDA didn't pick up on. And and harvest is rolling along. You know, down there, you know, we're still less than 10% uh, harvested on the bean side. I think we're setting about 4%. Corn's about 12%. Now, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange in the report yesterday didn't adjust the corn number at all. So we'll have to see how that comes out in the wash. 
One of the items as we go forward, though, we're going to have to keep a close eye on is that safrina corn crop because we know that makes up all about 80% of that total production number. We're talking on that 109 million metric tons, and, and there was no adjustments there. And it, it's kind of concerning on what the weather they're seeing down there. They're coming into their dry season, and, and they've actually had below normal amounts of precip from where you'd like to see it. And, and their soil doesn't hold the water, you know, as well as what we'd have, you know, say here in parts of northeast Nebraska or on over into Iowa. So we'll have to watch that. There's a chance that we could see that um, number come down in future reports. Um, you know, maybe as we get into the May number, or, you know, maybe it takes on out into June. We'll have to see. Did we see any adjustments to overall world demand numbers? Yeah, we did actually see some adjustments there, and we got to watch this one close. It, and that actually comes from China, so that always gets a little concerning. Um, they actually reduced their crush number, 2 million metric tons. And as, as we dig a little deeper into their numbers, and we went in and looked at actually the soybean meal demand side, they reduced that about 1.5. 5 million metric tons so not only you know it's you always wonder is it just because they are going to slow up in the crush or are they are they adjusting their inventory but it sure looks like that flowed through all the way over in the demand on the meal side and and what they're looking at there is is really as we're reading deeper into the report it's just saying based on what their crush pace has been now you know could it be that african swine fevers have a little bigger problem there and they they don't need as much you know that sure is possible so we'll have to watch that because our biggest concern we have is that we've got you know a good amount of exports on the books um over 99 percent of our sales have already been made and our shipments are moving along very fast but the thing we don't want to end up with is get to the end of the crop you're out there at the end of august and then have to carry a lot of those you know, sales over into the next year's crop. So that's something we've got a close eye on, Susan. You know, we touched briefly on it um, at the beginning of the of the Fontenelle final bell was looking at this WASDE report. But what does all of this mean for the numbers going forward ahead of planters hitting the field? Yeah. So as we dig into that, I think what it a few things it reinforces. It reinforces that you know what we tightened up the stocks on the old crop. Um, we're still setting with tight stocks on and when i said on the old crop that was on the old crop corn and we're still sitting there with tight stocks on soybeans so it's going to be very important that we have good weather going forward here in the u.s good weather to get our crop planted and get you know basically planted acreage numbers higher than what came from the prospective planning report and we also are going to have to end up seeing good weather coming out of of south america so that they have a really good crop with that safrina crop so now that we can say, okay, we're done with the WASDE report, now what? What are we going to focus on next? Yeah, and, and as we as we dig into that, I, I think what we're going to be watching very closely is we're going to be watching that shipment pace. We're going to be watching that really close because if for some reason we wouldn't see the amount of bushels getting shipped on, on the soybean side because we know that Brazil, you know, Brazil's cheaper than us right now. So if China ended up buying any of those you know, purchases out of the U.S. as a hedge against problems in South America. Well, they've got beans coming out of South America at cheaper levels than where we are here in the U.S. Now, it may not be cheaper than what they actually got them bought at before, so that may keep them from canceling that. But we also want to watch, as they're getting all these this grain coming in, we want to make sure that they don't have a lot of port congestion going on because they've got a lot of corn coming at them. They've got a lot of soybeans coming at them for this time of year. And if they aren't quite crushing as much, you know, there, there could be a little bit of a slow up in the shipment. So we're going to have to keep a very, very close eye on that going forward, Susan. So what about basis levels and obviously the future spreads as we move into the coming weeks? Yeah, I think as, as we go forward, the way I'd like to break that down is that, um, you know, we, we think on the future side and then I'll hit on the spreads and basis. I think we've still got some higher prices yet on the corn side and also on the bean side. 
I think on the spread side, what it means is we're going to continue to see that inverse. That nearby is going to be, you know, pulling away or going up faster than what our deferred months are. So we continue to get a, an inverse there. And then I think on the basis side, the basis is going to continue to, to stay strong. Breaking it on the old crop, corn and beans, I think the basis will continue to be strong here, even when we get past the planning window and we get into this summer. And then as we look at new crop and, and even after new crop for those bushels that you tuck away in the bin, I think we'll see better basis levels down the road for those also on both the corn and bean side, Susan. We talked a lot about a great a lot of great things today. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com. Click on the sign-up button to get some of our free daily commentary by text or email. And, or you can follow me on Twitter at JeffPeterson01. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.